Are you ready for the raw truth about the creative industry? And stay tuned to level up your business with the tips and tricks straight from the experts. Hey, this is Natalia Frickman. And this is Helen Oliveira. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Bandit Heart Podcast. In today's episode, we will discuss the power of no. Do you keep taking more than you can handle, even when it's not beneficial to you or your business? Do you constantly struggle with people pleasing and always finding yourself stressed out, pressured, and buried in a pile of work? Then stay tuned and learn how to say no in today's episode. Hey, Natalia, so how do you deal with that client that just needs way more extra attention and how do you deal with that you know, with that client recognizing whether that's a good match for you or not? It is really difficult because I, I wouldn't say they're red flags, but those flags, they are not always raised right away. It takes a little bit to see throughout the com communication process that mm -hmm. it may be, you know, a type of client that's not for you. It's not to say that's a difficult client or anything like that. It's ju it just may be a better match for a different photographer and it's okay. Right. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think it really, um, you really need to get to know your client during like the onboarding process, the inquiry process, before they even book with you, um, you know, get on a call with them, see how they sound like in person and, you know, over the phone or like if you do like coffee dates or anything like that to meet them in person, all of that is going to just work into just show you whether they're a good match for you and you're a good match for them. And if you, you know, if you do, for some reason, don't feel comfortable, then that's kind of like if you have that gut feeling, just you might as well go with it instead of like, you know, maybe down the road finding out that, you know, maybe you really weren't a good match, but you didn't really take in consideration or maybe you just felt like you really needed, you know, another booking and you decided to go with it. But sometimes those bookings are just going to be a huge headache. Um, they're not going to be in line with your brand and you might not even work, you know, use those photos um, or that work to show on your portfolio. So it kind of ends up being, I don't want to say a waste of time, but <laughs> if you're not using it for your advertisement or your portfolio, then, um, you know, are you spending your time with the right client on the right project? Yeah, I believe booking clients are is a little bit like dating, right? <laughs> it, you need to find the right match. I personally love clients that are laid back. They may be detail-oriented, which is totally fine. Right. But they go with the flow. They're not overly stressed out. Um, just very down-to-earth. And when I start feeling that it's not the path we're going down... Um, I believe it's important to know when to refer to a different photographer. That's good. Yeah. Are there like any specific um, requests that you've gotten before that you just, you know, thought that it wasn't in line with like who you are and how you can service the, the client? Not specific requests. Usually it's a gut feeling okay. because in my experience in the past, whenever that happened whenever, you know, the communication started being a little bit different and a little bit more uptight. Um, it just went downhill from mm -hmm. there. So I would say just go if you're feeling. And did you have any requests specifically that made you kind of easy? Um, 
usually when the client is not really involved with the communication so usually if it's like a parent oh, or if it's yeah. the planner <laughs> yeah if it's the planner I am totally fine with you know working with the mom I'm not one of those people that are like I'm not booking you because you're you know your mom contacted me not you um I'm fine with that because I recognize that a lot of my brides are still in college they're still finishing up so they are busy you know and a lot of their moms are not busy because they're just at home and they would love to plan the wedding. That's totally fine with me. I still need the client to fill out my questionnaires. I still need the client to get on a call with me. I still need the client to, um, you know, create the timeline and make sure that I know what she wants. But I will work with the mom. Um, and then as far as planners, I like to work with the planners too. However, I need to have communication straight with the client. Like I just had... Um, one inquiry where I talked to the um, planner the whole time and it was a lot of back and forth and that was already causing me to be a little worrisome behind you know on the back of my mind and eventually I just had to say like that's fine that's great that you guys want to go with us you want to book with us however I need to have a call with the clients before I can send you my contract and I feel really proud of myself for doing that because <laughs> maybe a couple of years ago I would have been like okay great yes I got a booking you know but I wouldn't even know who the client was and like I wouldn't have that relationship. So instead, I, you know, booked a call with them and we talked and I found out that person's awesome. Like they really, you know, they sound like someone that I really want to work with. And so that's one type of, you know, um, communication um, deal breaker, I guess you would say, if the client's not really trying to get to know who you are. What about privacy concerns? Is, is this something if a client comes to you and say, hey, um, I'm not okay if you share my photos, they might have a reason, they yeah. may not, they might just be more private people. Right. How do you handle the situations? Is this something that you are flexible with or? Um, I try not to be very flexible with that because there it does go, you know, um, we use our photos for, you know, marketing for the next bride, for the next season, for whoever, like they just, they need to be able to see your portfolio. And if you have all these clients coming to you saying, you know, I'm worried about privacy, I don't want my stuff out there totally understand their personal reasons i try to you know talk to them about what it is that they're actually uncomfortable with and is it the bride and the groom or is it the guests right so i try to figure out like which photos can i post then like is it just you know certain guests or is it just the bride and groom that you don't want can i at least post the details and the venue because you know we get um the geolocation tags like all of that is important for our seo for our instagram tags and everything so I try to work with them and hopefully they'll work with me to figure out like what is it that I can't post if they just are like I don't want anything posted online I don't just don't want my stuff out there then ah uh, that to me seems like a wedding that's I'm not gonna be able to serve them well because um I'm not looking for just another booking right now and I feel like it just depends with every person But, you know, if you're just looking for the money, go there and work, get the money, whatever, that's great. And, you know, there's nothing less in doing something like that because you still need income and stuff. I totally get that. But I would love to be able to share my work with my followers, with my uh, future clients. So to me, I would rather pass that on to someone that really, you know, needs it and would be okay with doing all the privacy stuff than for me to 
book that date with a client that's not really, you know, um, comfortable with the way that I do my business and that date is booked and then I can't, you know, find an, you know, another client that really wants my work and wants to be seen and stuff. They can't book me because I'm already unavailable. Yeah, it inter interferes with vendor relations as well because most vendors, they do want to share those photos and most of the time, at least I, I'm totally comfortable um, sharing photos with vendors so they can right. post, they can tag us, they can use it for their business, uh, they can refer people to us through those photos and mm -hmm. things like that. So being unable to post, being unable to use photos will interfere yeah. with vendor relations as well. So like you said as well, you can book a different wedding. You don't have to book that one specific yes. wedding. Um, a wedding that you'll be able to have a free relationship, a welcoming relationship mm -hmm. with vendors, with couples that some people have come to me in the past saying, hey, is it okay if we submit our weddings? They already planned their whole wedding, so it could be, published. you know, published. Mm -hmm. So it is important for them, and that may be more of the type of clients that we want. And I, I believe it's important to make sure people know we're not saying those clients are difficult, yeah. they're not wrong, it's not any real red flags in this case, it's right. just a different type of business that, it, you yeah. know. And it's a, it's a preference, it's a personal preference. Exactly. So like, um, you know, having, having your planner do all the communication, that's a personal preference. However, that's not how I run my business, right? I'm booking with the client, I'm not booking with the planner. Um, and then there's some other legality behind that too, because like, if there's ever an issue, um, my, at least on my contract, it says that I cannot share information with third parties mm -hmm. and especially with my contract as well. I know some planners will like keep contracts together and make sure everything is paid and all, whatnot and organized. That's great. But when it comes to like an issue at the end of the day, I have to deal with whoever signed the contract, which is the client. So there's all these like things behind that you have to consider, you know, where you want to put your efforts on, what you want to put your time on. And it really just depends, like, is the project something that you're really interested in doing? And where are you in your business journey to where, like, maybe if you're in the beginning, you don't care, you just want to book, right? You don't really care. Or you might not know who your ideal client is. And then if you're, like, later on down, down the road and you just, like, prefer to only book your ideal client, then you already know, that mm -hmm. that person might be better off with someone else. Yeah, and saying no to a client doesn't mean that you're being selfish, that you're being unwilling to serve. It actually means that you know your capabilities and you know that somebody out there will be way better for this client. For example, I know some people, they will come maybe to me saying, hey, I love your photos because I love those tones, I love warmer photos and things like that but maybe they didn't notice that I do more lifestyle, more movement and, you know, some type of very candid poses when they would actually prefer to have more stoic poses, mm. for example, more traditional poses. Yeah. Um, and they just assumed because they don't have a deep knowledge in photography mm -hmm. that every photographer did a certain thing. So after a discovery call, after exchanging some emails, I may notice that they may not be looking for what I have to offer, although we matched very well in mm -hmm. other things. So it would be selfish of me of taking that uh, client and delivering things that are not exactly what they want. Right. Um, when, you know, I could maybe refer them to you if it was the case or to a different photographer, that would be, 
you know, completely 100% a match with them. Yeah, that's great. So we talked about the clients, right? Uh, again, I just want to say it another time. <laughs> not saying they're difficult clients, not saying they're wrong, anything like that. This is purely a way of matching clients with vendors mm -hmm. and how to be honest and how to know that's not going to be worth your time and that there's somebody else better out there for them. Mm -hmm. um, you can always compile a list of vendors, right. you know, and send it their way. People, photographers or videographers, they're available uh, in that date and that have the type of things they're looking for. So let's talk about projects as well. When you're invited to collaborate in a project, when you're invited to cover um, styled shoot or some type of uh, event mm -hmm. and it may not be the best thing for you because everybody wants to train work for exposure mm -hmm. and that exposure is not always the best right. <laughs> uh, for business. How do you deal with those types of inquiries? Well, uh, as far as collaborations and working on different projects, especially if they're just like for exposure for a portfolio, they're not paid projects. Um, I usually just go with like, you know, how busy I am, like what my calendar looks like. And then obviously, is that project like interesting to me? Is it something that's going to stand out on my portfolio? Is it, you know, worth my time type of thing? Um, because it's not paid. So it's purely based on like your time, your availability and your interest. So I just go based on that. And if it's something that's really interesting, it looks amazing. Also, if it has like a ton of vendors and it's something that's like, you know, going to be published somewhere or has the capability of being published somewhere, I definitely, um, you know, will try to do it. Um, I, I'm actually really bad at saying no to things, <laughs> which I think, yeah, which I think a lot of creatives are. And um, we just kind of want to do it all and and be a part of everything that's like really cool and interesting but we do have to kind of have a line where we figure out like whether you know is this really going to be benefiting my business and and boosting me forward or is it just going to pile in more work for me <laughs> yeah so for me it's all about creative freedom because I have noticed that in some uh, collaborations or some projects people do want to have trades but they don't understand it needs to be beneficial to all parts mm -hmm. it cannot be just beneficial to them mm -hmm. if they come to me they i assume that they're looking for something that i can offer something that you can see my portfolio something yeah. that's in tune with my style but sometimes they want things to be modified in a certain way that's not in line with my brand and i believe communication is a hundred percent important mm -hmm. you have to do it as much as possible beforehand um, never assume everything is going to be okay just based on what you talked about right. uh, make sure you have everything in writing um, but it comes to creative freedom and it comes also to turnaround time um, they may need something to be That's done true. in a week and it may take me three months because I have paid clients they're lined up mm -hmm. um, for that season they come first yeah they come first so sometimes it's only based on availability too. It may be something that's really worth it for me, but I just can't do it during mm -hmm. that time. And other times it's basically because I, I mean, 
<laughs> there's availability no matter what because it may be something i really want it will be worth it for me to do but if my calendar is packed it's it's not fair to tell a person you're okay yeah and then there's so much to do that they get yeah. bumped down and other people you know get and, their stuff before yeah. them it's just not fair so right. i believe it's and, and then another thing with with collaborations and styled shoots it's like if you're not going to be able to edit that project for like six months from now you know is it not even going to be that maybe it's like a seasonal project like if it's like a new year's project you're not going to post something about new year's in march you know like it doesn't really make sense for you to be like putting that type of content in the middle of the year when it's like definitely a holiday it's like more in the seasonal type of project so is that even going to be worth it if you can't work on it until you know months down the line same thing if it's like halloween project or christmas or you know any of these seasonal projects they're very specific to the month so um, that's something to think about yeah and let's just make sure people know we're talking about collaborations so these are not styled shoots to pay to go because mm -hmm. you may be able to pay to go to a styled shoot in july um, but you're not able to edit or you don't touch it for months because all of a sudden you got other clients. But if it's something you paid for and there's no contract telling you there's a specific turnaround, right. it's, it's okay to have that in the back burner and just have things there that you can use right. during low season. But we're talking about styled shoots that sometimes we're invited to participate or we end up creating and that mm -hmm. needs certain turnaround times and sometimes not even styled shoots it may be branding shoots mm. um, that we exchange for services um, or something else i have a lot of people um, asking me you know to do trades and things like that um, yeah. and i would love to but sometimes i just can't mm -hmm. because of how much i would charge somebody else to do that it would be a lot in services that i'll have um, to have in return and there's also those feature accounts that are not real feature accounts. Let's say uh, websites that just started and they reach out to ask to use your photos. To repost your Yeah, photos. exactly. So if it's not feature accounts, they're very popular. And of course, you'll be honored um, to have your pictures published with them. Um, if it's a person that actually needs a branding session, <laughs> but is trying <laughs> but just, not to pay for it. Yeah, they just want to repost your photo exactly. and use it for their content. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay to say no to them because they're looking for something different. You can offer them branding sessions, stock images, something like that, that they will have to pay for. Mm -hmm. um, so don't feel bad, don't feel guilty. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say no. It's hard, but it's okay to say no. <laughs> Definitely. What about for discounts? If a client comes to you and they are asking for a discount on one of your packages, how do you say no or how do you deal with that? I know that this varies from person to person, so my answer might be different than yours. Mm -hmm. It depends a lot um, which type of discounts they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Some people just come ready to get a first responder discount or a military discount. Um, it is difficult sometimes to say no, yeah. but you can offer to add on value instead mm -hmm. of a discount as well. That's good. So let's say, hey, can I have... 10% off because I don't want the engagement shoot. I don't need to use it. You can say, unfortunately, I cannot give you 10% off. Those are the prices. I have other inquiries for that date. However, I can add a video engagement 
um, an engagement video to your package at no cost mm. to thank you for your service. Oh, nice. You know, you can add value instead of taking away from yeah. the package. What about you? What do you usually do? That's great. Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. Uh, definitely depends on like what they're asking a discount on. A lot of people come to me asking for like removing the engagement session, which at first like I didn't realize that like a lot of people don't even offer an engagement session on their packages so it's something to think about whether you know moving forward like maybe I don't even need that engagement session there there if there's this many people asking to remove it but um again I just tell them like you know that's not something that is even calculated into the price it's just complimentary I explain to them the why behind the why mm -hmm. so why do I have an engagement session it's because I want to get to know you I want to meet you in person. I want you to be comfortable and familiar with me and the way that I'll be directing you the day of the wedding. All of that is going to help with our relationship building and, uh, you know, for them to be more comfortable in front of the camera. And that in, in turn helps us to be able to get a great photo. So explaining all of that to them, most of the time they're like, oh yeah, like I didn't even think about that. So most of the time they're totally fine once they understand. And once I let them know like this, you know, this is just how we do it. Like we don't give discounts for that, but we can exchange that session for something else. Do you want, you know, me to cover your rehearsal dinner instead of doing an engagement session? Um, Cause I understand some people already got their photos done or whatnot, but discounts are hard to say no to. Like you said, you know, for the military families that wanna, that they get little discounts here and there, they do ask for that. So it is hard to say no, but it's just something you have to establish in your company and just kind of stick with it. and. Don't be afraid to explain the what, the why behind the what. One thing that I usually get asked about is about the amount of hours in a package. So sometimes they may not ask for discount, but they ask to reduce the number of hours. Mm. So it's not always a bad thing, but it's important to understand each wedding, ask all the right questions and see if it's actually doable. Right, I've had um, people wanting to take away one of the shooters, so no second shooter, just one photographer, mm, yeah. and um, take away two hours instead of eight doing six. But depending on the venue, the number of guests, and the timeline, you won't be able to give them the experience that you give to all the clients. You know, it's not fair of them. So you just need to be honest and let them know, hey, uh, for this type of services, you need at least eight hours. Right. Or maybe you just don't even consider at all doing less than eight hours and you don't leave your house <laughs> for anything <laughs> under, you know, a certain cost. Um, just be honest, be upfront, be kind, try to understand where they're coming from as well. It mm -hmm. may be that... Um, it's almost a micro wedding, a mini uh, wedding, something like that, that truly does not need eight hours. I, although I believe it does need eight hours for you to get the, <laughs> the full experience. Um, but just, you know, try yeah. to understand and explain and educate them. Sometimes yes. they just don't know. Oh my gosh, you hit the right note. I think educating, like I said, explain to them why you do what you're doing. The why behind the what. And a lot of them, like you're maybe the first photographer they're talking to yeah. you know you may be the first person that has given them that price and and they weren't expecting that because I know when I went to get married like six years ago 
um, you know, and I inquired with a couple of photographers, I was like so surprised by how much photography costs. And mm-hmm. I think most people are like that because they just don't know what a wedding costs or maybe they don't have the help of their parents or they got to pay everything on their own. So it's a totally okay to say no, but then educate and explain why you do the things you do. <laughs> exactly, because when I got married, it was the same thing. I had no idea you had to uh, purchase coverage based on hours. Mm. I truly had no idea. I asked my photographer, hey, my, my wedding's this date, how much would it cost? He gave me a price. And I even when I signed the contract, I didn't know pretty much <laughs> what was going on. I, I, I had no clue. Yeah. I don't know. Um, going a little bit out of photography, but even for uh, dress shopping, mm. I didn't know how to book an appointment. Oh. I thought it was just like any other place. You would arrive at walk a place, in. walk in, you know, and go try on dresses. Like, you don't need help for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. nowadays we have more blogs and um, yes. Google is, you know, search engines are definitely better nowadays. So you can just uh, yeah. look it up for yourself. But it was difficult. So it's okay to educate your client. Mm-hmm. Um there's no shame in educating it's actually a good thing yeah and I'm like the type of consumer that I ask all the questions Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know I would rather hear from from the vendor themselves than me going on google and being like do I need an appointment to go dress shopping you know for wedding dress like that's just not me like I'd rather just Mm -hmm. go and talk to you and find out from you like what is what do I need to do because it varies from vendor to vendor as well so for us, we may tell a client and explain why you need eight hours, but a less experienced uh, wedding photographer or somebody that actually is very used to very strict timelines and they can run, you know, on a tight timeline without any problems, they may say, hey, that's okay, I can do it. And Six hours. No problem at all. Yeah. If you want it, you get it. <laughs> but I, I believe it's still important to tell how we work and explain the experience. Yeah. Okay, Natalia, so this is a hard one. <laughs> How do you say no after you've already agreed to work with that uh, person on a project or work with a client on their wedding day? It is very difficult. You don't want to disappoint anybody. But I believe it's so important to be honest, be upfront and tell them as soon as possible so they can come out with a second plan or maybe you can offer them mm-hmm. a plan B. Right. Um, if it's a wedding client that in the beginning you guys hit it off really well and then things started changing because of types of expectations and you just feel you are not the best person to you know, cover that wedding, maybe style issue, maybe whatever reason it is, um, you can be upfront and say, hey, I am no longer able to serve you. Um, I believe there's these and these and these photographers who are available for your day, who are so in tune with your style. And um, I'm now, if you are the one canceling for reasons, whatever reason it may be, that's not health, that's not a pandemic, things like that, you need to check a contract. Yeah. <laughs> you may have to refund them. My retainers are not refundable if the client wants to cancel for any reason or if there's any problems. But if on my end, I'm the one deciding to cancel for reasons reasons. they're not very 
specific, not something that's extreme, mm-hmm. um, I would just refund them. I would do the same, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the same thing basically comes back to how well do you know your client from the beginning? You know, you know did you ask all the questions? Did you have all the information on the contract? Because that contract is key for you. Even if you didn't ask all the questions, your contract should be answering all the questions. <laughs> it should be laying out like everything that you want to be portrayed, everything that you offer, all your services, and like you said, refunds, if you can or can't have them, like all of these things should be on your contract. And if a client's gonna pay attention and if they're gonna read through it, they're gonna you know, either have an issue with it or not. And so if they do end up signing it and then finding an issue later, that's on them. But um, usually it just comes down to like, how, el- how well did you get to know the person and communicate what you do? So I know this question was not (laughs) planned, but I just thought about something. How do you deal with a client that wants you to change terms of of your contract? Yeah, uh, those, I really think it just depends on what is it that they're trying to change. Um, Like I've had, you know, people try to change my privacy clause, my model release clause. All of those things are like really big. Like, uh, you know, if they were just trying to change, like maybe... Um, turnaround time. I don't know. Even that's kind of big. <laughs> I can't think of anything that's kind of small that I could go with, but um, usually they're like big things. And so it definitely needs like an extra conversation to figure out like why, why you want certain things changed. Um, so it really, to me, just depends on what it is that they're trying to change and then getting to understand more about why. And then from that point on, since they haven't signed it yet, like, am I still gonna be the best person to serve you if you want to change all of these things on my contract? How about you? Uh, (laughs) I have changed things in contracts before for clients. Uh, Those are clients that I definitely thought I could serve except for the one reason Mm -hmm. that they feel more comfortable doing in a different way mm-hmm. um, but it's not common usually yeah. it raises a little red flag mm-hmm. and I try to educate them before it has been clients saying hey do we own the copyright mm. to the photos yeah. and I had to explain to them what that meant right. and that they actually had the right of printing they had a print release they could print it anywhere they could post it to their personal accounts online Um, they could share with their friends and family and that they did not need to be the owners of the copyright to do that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, because there was terms in the contract already explaining that. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, like you said, you just need to explain what, what that means. Like sometimes they'll, they'll see that like they can't post without attributing to you. Like you're giving you credit. They might not understand what that means. And they just come back and they're like, So I can't post my photos? Like, I can't use my photos? No, it just means that you have to, you know, give credit to your photographer. That's it. So definitely just explaining. But it's good to know that your clients are actually reading your contract in detail. Right. So FAQ time. FAQ. All right. So how to say no to a session that's not your specialty? And when do you refer clients to different photographers? Yeah. Um, In the beginning of my journey with photography business, I would take literally everything. (laughs) I've tried newborn, I've tried uh, boudoir, I've tried, uh, you know, family, weddings, engagements, like everything. 
And eventually I just realized that like every time I had a, you know, a certain project that I wasn't very familiar with, let's say, um, you know, the newborn sessions, I would spend so much time beforehand just preparing for it, you know, looking at poses, looking at how to do things, buying all the props <laughs> for newborn photography. It's a lot of props. So I would just was, was spending more time and more money than I would for other sessions and it wasn't enjoyable for me like if it ended up ended up being something that I loved and I just wanted to do that that's great but it didn't I, I realized very quickly that I was you know not gaining a lot from that type of session so I think definitely just experience experiencing different types and then figuring out um you know is this causing me more of a headache than it's worth um, is this worth my time? Am I charging enough to even like do all this preparation beforehand? Um, and then if you're not okay with it, you know, just finding people in your community that you can refer to. Yeah, to me, it's something, it's kind of similar to, for example, boudoir. Um, I don't advertise for boudoir, but if it's a client of mine or somebody that reaches out to me, um, I love boudoir. Um, it's just not something that I do 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. It's not what I market for. But if it's somebody that reached out, I will do it. I prefer doing couples boudoir mm -hmm. <laughs> over just um, solo boudoir yeah. um, because it's easier for me to pose and make sure they're interacting. Since all my photography all over, it's their lifestyle that will make it easier on me and that will give them a better experience as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I do not do... Uh, post newborns anymore mm -hmm. um that takes a lot of skill uh i would recommend certified yeah. <laughs> uh, photographers that have certain training for post newborns uh, it takes a lot of editing it's not something that i love doing it, it was very hard on my back mm -hmm. after having two children too i would get out of a session like shaking wow because my muscles couldn't take it anymore yeah. <laughs> um so i don't do that anymore i do refer all of those post um, newborns out okay. however when somebody wants to do a fresh 48 or they want to do a lifestyle newborn i love those because i treat them as family um, photos, family photographers, like a, family I'm sorry, <laughs> I treat them as family sessions, um, as pretty much in home sessions, things like that, and just focus a little bit more on the newborn. It's very much what I do, so no problem at all there. Um, but there are things that just are not for me. I do not like, I do not like the mini sessions, for example, they are 10 minutes and then just pose and look at the camera and go, go, go. Right. I know people make a lot of money that way. Um, I, I have done past year, for example, with Santa Claus because a client wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to be her photographer for everything. So I did it for her and I opened a couple of other spots. Um, but it's not something that I plan to do anymore. Mm -hmm. It has not been enjoyable, uh, not that lucrative either. Mm -hmm. um, so I just tend to refer those out. Um, so, Natalia, what about when to say no to working for exposure, non-paid shoots? Almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're directly getting something from it. For example, I've been invited to do the behind the scenes of some styled shoots for video. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't have a lot of video 
um, for my portfolio. So that was great. I got to um, try different techniques. I got to edit whichever way I wanted because they gave me uh, creative freedom. And they got to have a behind the scenes video to show to other photographers, to sell their tickets, things like that. Uh, I didn't have to pay to go to the style shoot, which was very <laughs> expensive. And I got to work with that material. So to me, I also got to connect with other vendors. Mm. So that was worth it at the time. It was also very low season. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was a win-win situation. But now, if anybody calls me in October and November <laughs> and asks me to do a freestyle shoot behind the scenes for whatever reason, it's not going to work for me. It also has to be something the type of weddings that you want in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. If it's something random, if the colors are not something that you, you know, it's not the type of couples you serve, then no. What about you? When do you say no? <laughs> Same thing. I um, would love to do it if it's something different or new that would add to my portfolio. Uh, but if it's like, you know, pretty repetitive that look that I have already, or if it's um, time of year that's super busy, or if it's something that's like super light and airy or very dark and like um, not going to match with my portfolio, then it's just, it's just based on like, is it going to benefit you for your portfolio and your time? How to say no to free information. This one is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> this one it, it is difficult because I don't know about you but I love teaching I yeah. love helping out people mm -hmm. but I feel it it's it varies so fine. much there's a fine line in between helping out somebody answering a couple of questions and actually holding their hands and teaching them and mentoring them and um <laughs> It depends on the approach of the person too, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I have mentored a girl, um, you guys go to her <laughs> Instagram, Niasha and Frankie. Uh, she's amazing. She just reached out to me and said, hey, um, I've noticed you and I noticed how we post couples and I noticed that other people are usually like, uh, uh, don't know what to do. And you just went ahead and like, <laughs> you know, you were that bitch. I can say that. You were that bitch. <laughs> and she was like, I want to be like you. So you teach me the way. And then I felt like we really connected in a level where she was honest with me. Yeah, she looked <laughs> she, up to you. Yeah, she looked up to you. And she was also honest about how you approached certain things. And it was funny. So we connected. Yeah. Um, and I was fine, you know, letting her tag along and stuff. But most of the time, it is a paid service and I believe people should value the service that you're offering and not just try to get it for free. When there's a person that has never approached you in yeah. any way before or consider why they want those, mm -hmm. that information from you specifically or I know, I don't know, sometimes it's just so random and some people feel entitled <laughs> of your answers and it's not cool with me. Yeah. Um, and I do have a mentorship program just like yours where they can reach out and I can answer the questions. I can teach them how I do things, mm -hmm. how, you know, they could do things as well. So that that's a way to get that information. It's not free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's worth the investment. Sometimes people reach out and I will answer one of the questions if it's something simple. But then I'll just refer them back to my mentorship page 
This way they can see what I offer, if it's something that they're interested at and what's the value yeah. um, for that. Um, and it kind of tends to, you know, let them down easy instead of just saying no or not answering or being rude. Yeah, a good way if, they really, if they really want all of the information that you have spent so much time curating and learning and researching, then they're going to go for your mentorship program because they're going to see value in that and, you know, um, in what you have to say. Oh, how do you say no to trades? Trades are so fun, I think. <laughs> but I only do them like when I go out of town or something like that. Like if I'm in the West Coast or like if I'm in New York, I would love to like find another photographer that wants to trade like headshots um, in like a cool area, like the beach or somewhere iconic. Um, so I do try and find those people when I go out of town, but I don't usually do them just like all the time, like around here where we live in Georgia. We, um, I think they're fine to do if it's like once in a while, but asking people to like trade headshots all the time or like trade, um, you know, their services or whatever, I think that's kind of like taking advantage a little bit. Just It just depends, you know, whether it's going to be worth it for that person and you and just saying it in a way that you're not like going to offend them by asking for a free service, right? So if, you, if it's something that you can offer them and they want and they can offer you, their services and that's what you want and that's great and usually for me it works out when I go out of town and I want to do you know uh, trade headshots. Today we talked about how saying no it's actually not selfish it's like saying yes yourself right it, it you need to think about yourself as well don't just give all you have to everyone else and then you're like drying out <laughs> because you don't have time for yourself, you don't have time for your projects, for your clients because you're giving all of you to other people. Yeah, make sure that what you're saying yes to is going to benefit you personally, business-wise, and going to be worth your time. Remember that saying no to others is actually saying yes to yourself. Saying yes to your family, yes to your personal time, to your mental health and it's not selfish. Enjoy this episode? Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Need more encouragement? Make sure to check our website, www.bendedheart.com. See you next time. See ya.